Oh man, God's so good, isn't he? <laughs> it's been a crazy morning and happy new year to you. That's the way it's going to be. It's going to be crazy. Nothing different. The same old crazy stuff going on. So uh, it's pretty amazing though how good God is. He's, I mean, shouldn't be amazed, but still blows my mind. Uh, yeah. See, just before, <laughs> well, <laughs> Just had a little prayer time with that little lady right there and coming up here and before this service, between services in response to what God was saying and uh, just to listen and watch what God does is pretty amazing, you know. There's so much stuff that was happening beforehand. I was trying to get my mind into the worship thing, you know, like uh, in the first service, 915, as worshiping the Lord and listening to those words as we sing. And God's so, so good. He's so amazing. And as the things were happening, you know, I'm like, all right, Lord, I, I just need to, like, let go of all. I can't control any of it. Let it go. Just watch what you're doing. Do it. Move along. And then, you know, at the end of that service, I have that little prayer time with her. That's Brooklyn, by the way. And then I'm like, you know, God's going to talk to you in this service, so you just listen, okay? Because this is what God's saying and what you're doing. And then as we were singing those songs, I was like, oh, Lord, man. I mean, everything we just prayed about over there, he's just speaking in that music like over and over and over, you know, and I'm like, God, you are so faithful to us. I want you to know how faithful God is to you and what he's doing and what he says. For I had no idea who would or wouldn't be here today. It's another holiday. Don't even know what's happening in your life or mine. Things are just going on and here we are. And God's like, I know exactly what I want for you. And so I want you to open up and be ready to receive what God wants to say in your life today and be ready. Last Sunday, we put these um, ideas down and uh, God was just talking in my heart about this stuff. And I had last Sunday, if you were here, you know, um, this wasn't here. We had a baptisms in the other service at 915. Um, but I was talking about the sections of your life and I use these little line dividers that are naturally here from our altar, I mean, our platform uh, thing as little steps in my spiritual life talking about us you know the surrender trust and obedience to God and how he brings us to those places in our life as we walk with him so the first thing I want to say to you if you are not currently walking with God if you have not surrendered your life to Jesus Christ he is the one and only as we were singing about it the way the truth and life he's it and so I want you to know that God wants you to see that you are in this section of life and that white line that I put down today is God calling you to know Jesus and trust him as your personal savior. It requires your surrender. It will require you to trust him and then step in in obedience. So it's the surrender of myself into this relationship with God. And God himself says, I will make you a new creation. The old is past and new will come. And God says, I'll make you new in that relationship with you. So if you don't know Jesus, I want you to know God is calling you today, this moment, this service, this message to step across that line and begin your journey with God. I want you to know that. That is from God himself to you. I don't know you, but he absolutely knows you. And the Holy Spirit is calling you. And he's saying, do it. Now, for all the rest of you that have said yes to Jesus already in your life, 
and you have already taken that first step in that journey. Maybe you've been multiple steps in your journey, wherever you are in that walk with God. What's happening with all of us, for those of you that don't understand salvation, for those of you that are learning about walking in with God and learning to develop becoming Christ-like, I want you to hear this, that as we are referencing those places, I put these white lines down because when we step into that relationship with God and begin this journey, throughout my life with God, there will be moments, that's what we talked about last week, where God leads us to a place where he draws a line and he calls me to surrender, trust, and obey, step in in full obedience. Okay? Hey, Magnum. Hey, Magnum. Shh. Too much hot chocolate between services, buddy. We got to cut that off, all right? <laughs> all right. So here we go. Check it out. There's that line. Those of us that are walking with Jesus, here we are. Wherever you are in your walk, no matter how long you've walked with God, no matter how many things you've done in the past, whatever, here's where we all exist. Every one of us are in one of these sections of our life that I've taped off where we're between surrender moments. So all of us are there. I want you to see yourself in this place because it's important that as we see ourselves here today that we will deal with the in-between surrender moments of our life. All right? So here we are at the beginning of 2022 and the, the calendar's changing. Only thing that's changed is a day. It would have, you know, like it's no different than any other day. It's just that now we're going to forget to write 2022 instead of, you know, or 2021, whatever we were doing. We're supposed to do something else. All right, so that's what's going to happen. But nothing's really changed, has it? It hasn't. It's just a calendar, a number. That's it. Nothing has changed. It's still the same 24 hours in a day, seven days a week. It's the same thing. No different. However, sometimes when we view the change of the calendar and we see that thing, we look at it as a new opportunity for something different to happen or for us to make changes in our life. So I want us to see something as we look at this. This moment of change can only happen if God's in it because we are creatures of it and I can determine to make certain changes in my life and I may follow through with a few of them. I, I might. I'm not saying I will. I said I might in myself. I'm not talking about what God's asking me to do. I'm talking about Dave, right? So I'm going to go back to 2012 for a minute. Um, in 2012, at the beginning of that year, uh, my wife and I bought a family membership in a gym, and I went five days a week for the entire year until November 1st, okay? So I had a trip planned to go to my brother. At that time, he was uh, in Kansas, and I was going to his house. So I had this routine going all year long, and I was faithful in doing it. I was in the best shape since I was a kid in my life at that point, and we went there. Well, while I was there, you know, my, my gym membership expired, because I didn't do it in January. I started it in November, and that was the end of it, right? So in my mind, I fully intended, after being in Kansas for 10 days, to come home and just keep on that routine. So however many years that's been, I think it's uh, going on 10 this November. It's nine, just over nine right now. I have not gone back to a gym since. <laughs> All right. So I told him in the, the last service, I think I said I have like 12 chips and I don't want to screw it up, but I think it's actually maybe nine or whatever it is. I have, I'm saying like chips, like you get rewarded when you do the, you know, like I'm sober of working out. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I don't want to screw that up now so I'm not making any resolution in 2022 to go back to the gym forget it I'm done with that I'm staying true to myself 
I mean, I told my wife, you married me when I was skinny. This is what you get, baby. Sorry. The, <laughs> the only good thing about that, as you get older, you don't see me as clearly. So you, <laughs> you can thank God for that, and let's move forward, right? All right. So anyway, this is the reality of it. Like, I can say I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this, and I can overwhelm myself, but I've lived long enough to say, why bother even saying I'm doing that? I'm not going to. So why put the effort out? I mean that in a good way. You know, again, I'm talking about Dave change, not God change. So now when I look at that and I want to look at what God's doing, I, I want God to be able to do something in my life to change me. And so I told you guys that, I've told you over and over, it's been my, um, since 2004, I made a, a core value list and one of them I'm committed to change. And so in that, I had prayed through those, worked through those things, talking to God and my core value of I'm committed to change is one of nine core values I have in my life. I said, Lord, you know, like I recognize change is happening all the time as a young pastor looking around me and seeing people's lives and dealing with all the stuff that happens. Life is constantly changing. And so I can either embrace that and go with it or I can fight it, but I can't stop it. So it was easier for me to say, you know, I'm gonna make this a core value and actually look at it with intentionality to change. So I'm gonna commit myself right now to begin to see that as one of the core values of my life and be a person that is willing to change, instigates change, and embraces change in my life all the way through. Because as a young pastor, I also knew that as I dealt with older people in the church, that they don't like change at all, right? But it's not just people in the church. As we progress in age, we don't like change more and more and more. Something about us, isn't it? Some of y'all can just say amen to that if you want to, but you don't have to, it's true. We just don't wanna change. We like the idea of change, we want new stuff, but we don't want it to change anything about us or what we have to do. You know, we want it to just happen around us and be good with it. Just keep me in my little bubble and I'm safe. All right, the truth is, is that change is happening and so we need to embrace it. But as I'm dealing with that, I um, said something to you last week. I think I did in this service. I did in one of the two services, maybe both, that there was decorations here for Christmas. And I said, and last Sunday was the 26th of December. I said, the only reason these are here is because Yolanda's out of town because I'm like, when Christmas is over, it's over. The 25th at midnight, Christmas is over. You're done with it. Pack the stuff, put it away. It's all done. And I love Christmas, so don't think I'm a Scrooge or anything. I do love Christmas. But you know, it starts the day after Thanksgiving and ends the 25th at midnight. So like pack the stuff up, put it away and go on with life. So the only reason it was there was because she's out of town. Because she even texted me like, hey, I'm out of town. Is it okay? Because she knows how I am. All right, so I, uh, I'm like, yeah, it's here, you know. So I was proud of myself that I let that happen. I'm committed to change, right? So in that same service, though, I said to you, like this afternoon, I'm going home boxing my stuff up, just so you know. But I didn't. All right, so I had a lot of stuff happening in life, you know, life happens. I had plans for Monday. Um, and my day was full and nothing got packed on Monday. Nothing happened on Tuesday. And I was proud of myself because I told everybody in my Monday night Zoom class, like, yeah, I haven't packed anything yet. I wanted them to think that I didn't do it because I'm changing, but the reality was I didn't have time <laughs> or I would have, right? Okay, I'm just making a joke. It's okay. All right, so we didn't pack anything up till Wednesday the 29th. So it's the longest in my memory that we had decorations up in our house after Christmas was last Wednesday, the 29th. Yeah, you're welcome. So I'm committed to change. But the truth is that 
what really happened was I was too busy Monday and Tuesday, not just with work stuff, but I was trying to work and do what I wanted to do. So I didn't have time to do that stuff. You know what I mean? So anyway, on Wednesday, I'm like, well, as soon as I'm done with coffee, those bins are being brought in the house because this got to happen, man. Brought those bins in the house, stacked them in the hallway. And I'm like, look, babe, I'm not like... I'm putting them there so that I start doing what needs to happen. It's not like this or that. And, and then I had to leave and I was gone for several hours, came back and my wife had everything packed in those things. Now, she's not normally like that. I'm just saying she's one of those that wants to keep Christmas around for a while, you know, but she had it all packed and I'm like, man, I love you. You're amazing. I just had to stack that stuff in the garage, man. It was so cool. I'm done. I want you to know Christmas is over. However, it was over later, so I succeeded in changing. <laughs> of course, God was talking to me about that, right? Because you have that delusion in your mind of, yeah, things are different, so it's changed. And God was like, nothing changed, Dave. You didn't change. Things happen at a different time, but that has nothing to do with what was inside of you because it ended on the 26th right there. <laughs> it doesn't matter if the stuff was out. You were done with it, and so nothing changed in you. So, talking to the Lord about that, and I'm like, well, you know, it's okay because it's over. <laughs> it doesn't have to change because it's the 26th, right? So we're good with that, no? Then I began to think about myself, and I want you to hear this because it's so, like, amazing that even in my walk with God, I am very, I'm going to say rigid. I'm, like, so patterned. I have the same routine every day. I think I mentioned something a few weeks ago. My wife said, like, if anybody wanted to pattern you, it's pretty easy. It's obvious what you do and where you go and when you do it because you're like clockwork. And I am. It doesn't matter if I say I'm sleeping in tomorrow. I'm not sleeping in tomorrow. I don't need an alarm. I'm up. When that time comes, I'm up. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if I went to bed at three, which that doesn't happen anymore. Those were many years ago. But if I went to get bed at three, I'm still waking up when I wake up. Doesn't matter. Okay, and I do the same thing. I roll out of bed. I start talking to Jesus, going to take my shower. After I take my shower, I roll on out into the kitchen to make sure the coffee's all set up to start so my wife has it when she gets up. I go outside and I feed, well, I feed the dogs here. Then I go out and feed the horses. Then I come inside and grab my stuff and I head over to the coffee shop. And I go to the coffee shop and spend time with some people there, talking to them and just doing what God's asked me to do over at the coffee shop. Then I come home, and when I come home, I make sure my wife has her coffee, we have everything going at the house, go outside, clean the pens, come back in, begin my journey of my day of all the things that need to get done. So in my reminders of, you know, like I think I said, I, have, I never count them. There's, there's a lot of reminders in my phone because I don't have a good brain. Um, you know, I mean, I should say I don't have a lot of memory because I'm always thinking of 10 other things that I, you know, whatever. That's just where it's at, you know what I mean? So I'm over there. So I have those reminders to keep me on track, and that's not because I'm getting older. I've had this problem all my life. I didn't pay attention in school either. I'm sure you already figured that out. So here I am. I have these reminders to keep me going. So here's God talking to Dave. He's like, Dave, you know what? I appreciate you're committed to me and that you remind yourself because you're doing your spiritual disciplines, your prayers. I pray in the same order for the same things every single day. And I'm committed to change. <laughs> <laughs> And I want you to know that when something disrupts my schedule, and it happens, you know how it happens, just periodically, something will interrupt that morning routine. And as soon as it gets interrupted for whatever reason, it could be an amazing good thing. Whatever happens, 
As soon as it gets messed up, I am messed up. I'm messed up. Because before you know it, I'm looking at my phone and there's 10 reminders that aren't done. And now I'm so aggravated that I'm behind and off schedule. Now I've got to stop what I'm doing, what I need to do, what I intend to do to make sure I get these done. Because I will not go to bed at night until all those things are done. And I don't like staying up late because I get up early. So I'm like messed up, right? Okay, so I'm telling you all this for a reason. Just hear me. Because all the while I talk about being committed to change, I'm not. (laughs) I am verbally, and I'll make changes, but I don't like when my routine's messed up. So then as I look at that, I'm like, okay, God, here's the deal. I realize that I don't, I, I am routine, committed, but I need to change. And so even in my spiritual disciplines of my walk with you, if you're saying change this, I need to change it today, no matter what it is. Okay, so now here's the thing. Dave can't change himself. He's tried. I can commit myself to anything for a while and I can maybe make it happen. But see, if it's not really in my heart, I won't stick with it. If my wife's asking me to do it, I'll probably do it for a little while and I'll be like, especially when she's around me, like, oh yeah, I'm in. I'm not doing it, baby. But you know, if she's not there or she doesn't ask me about it anymore, it's like, thankfully, done with that. (laughs) Okay, so the truth is, the only way for us to truly change is surrender. So when Oni was talking about that, she didn't know that none of the worship team knew that I came up and did these. They practiced and they left the room and went do their thing and I came up and put this tape down and here was Oni in the middle of this box that I put down. I watched uh, Robin, she was standing right here and she looked over at um, Ashley and she was like, What's, what? like, what is that? Like, I don't know. And everybody's like, what is that? Well, I want you to know what it is. God said, go put some tape on the floor. And here was Oni standing in the middle of it, and she didn't even know. And God said to her this week, like, you've got to take a chance, you've got to change. The only way you can change, Oni, is if you take a chance, you've got to trust me. Now, on these lines were designated here for us to talk about that that we talked about last Sunday to tie into what God's saying this Sunday. He's saying, do you surrender, do you trust, will you obey me? I don't care where you are, folks. I want you to know that you're somewhere in between your last surrender, and your next. And in the midst of this moment in your life, right here, I want you to see this. I want you to know that in this moment, wherever you are in this journey, whatever it is that God asked you to do can look like a mountain. We were just singing about it. It can look like a mountain. And the enemy wants it to look intimidating, like you can't do it. You never will. And I want you to know you can't. Yeah. But see, but God's the one that's asking us to step into this and face that mountain, face that giant. And remember how we just sang, I'm going to have victory? We just singing about that? God's like, all right, I invited you to step across this line. You stepped in obedience to me. Now I want you to know that I will take care of that giant. I will take care of that mountain. Do you trust me? That's what he's saying to us right here, okay? So now, as we're in this place, every single one of us, only talked about this she was talking about even after the 915 service and she talked about all that how the voices started going off in her head like 
the, the words of doubt, question, confusion, all stuff like, oh, really? Oh, you just made a proclamation. You're really going to follow through with that. Oh, you just said something. I'm going to be loud. I'm doing it. I'm done with it. Are you done with it? Right, folks? You ever hear that? Right, so here we are, and the enemy's like, really? You think you can climb that mountain? Is that what you sort of say? Do you really think you can handle that? You have no idea the consequences for saying yes. This is the devil talking. If you say yes and you do this, it's going to be a disaster. You're going to have to face all this stuff. It's going to mess you up. That's him. God's like, do you trust me? Come on. Come on. So this war is going on right up here in your brain. You ever have those? All the time, exactly. It's constantly going on. It's what's happening, okay? So now we're going to look at what God's Word says to us and how we deal with this, right? So the very first verse we read is in Romans 12. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all He has done for you. Has God done stuff for you or what? So here's the challenge to us is, for all God's already done present your bodies to God. That means your living person. That's you to God. Now let's keep reading. Let them be a living sacrifice. A what? A living holy sacrifice. Talk about your bodies, remember. All of you. The kind he will find acceptable. God finding this acceptable by presenting myself fully to him. He says, truly, this is the way to worship him. This is what it's all about. So at the end of the service, when we do action steps, I always say, hey, come to the altar. Many times I think about that, like there may be people that come to church that aren't normally in church and they're like, come to the altar, what is that, you know? Well, if you look at the Old Testament, you'll remember that God set up a sacrificial system before Jesus because Jesus was the final sacrifice. We don't have an altar of sacrifice anymore. But this is the reference that God's talking to us about in Scripture, and this is what it means. When I say come to the altar, it's that place where we bring our sacrifices, our gifts to God, what God's asked us for. So in the sacrificial system, God gave a list of stuff for them to do and to give and to say and how to act in certain areas of their life, offenses, sacrifice giving whatever i mean whatever god was saying he gave them a list and said do this and this is how you do it you bring it to that altar the priest will kill the animal lay it out before god and give it to him right that was the sacrifice so when we say come to the altar and the word of god is saying present your bodies as a living holy sacrifice to god we're saying that god is inviting you to come all of you and lay yourself out like die to self dave is no longer in control god is in control so i'm not the one that's making the changes in my life i've surrendered to god so that he can change my life i'm all in i'm all on it's all about god that's why we say come to the altar all right so just for clarity purposes so now when we look at romans 12 1 and we hear that god is saying to us and in this invitation come Present your bodies as a living, holy sacrifice that is pleasing to God himself. This is the way to worship him. So just singing to God isn't all about worship, right? It's an aspect of worship. We're singing songs of praise to our God. In giving and offerings, it's not just like, hey, we're just giving money to the church. We're sacrificing, giving to God. That's what it is. Now he says, hey, it's not just about you giving an offering, you doing this, you singing to me, you do it. No, 
Bring your bodies. I want all of you. Everything. Lay it out. See, that's that surrender. So, well, almost made it. This is what I mean. That's the line. This is the altar. And God's saying, come on. Surrender. Trust and obedience. You need to lay yourself down on this side of the line. God says, I'm inviting you here. And this is your reasonable act of, this is what it's all about. This is the place where change happens. You know what God's word says? It's so cool. When you keep reading in that, Romans 12, the second verse. Now we've read these a bunch of times, but listen to the second verse and what it says. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. I'm not done reading the verse there. Did you hear what he just said? Don't do like the world does, like, hey, we're gonna make a New Year's resolution. I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fail. <laughs> God says, come to me, present yourself, and then God will change us. See, it's the power of God that actually is able to change. The power of Dave can't. I have very limited ability to change anything. God is the only one that can change me spiritually, and God's the only one that can change me forever. Okay, so I'm not done reading, so you see that. I'm gonna reread those verses. I mean, those words I just read to you, but we're gonna do it. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by what? Oh. Oh my goodness, see, I'm committed to change, but I'm committed to change within the confines of how I have planned things. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like, so there it is. Now he's like, God's like, you need to change the way you think, dude, because you are stuck in a rut. And I'm like, yeah, but it's a good one. It's a God rut. So <laughs> you got to change the way you think. But God, I'm doing it for you. <laughs> yeah, really? Right? So this is what he's saying. By changing the way you think, what does he go on to say after that? Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I need a transformation of my mind. And it's not just in that moment I said yes to Jesus and stepped into this relationship. That's where the transformation begins. That's where change starts to happen. But in my walk with God, I still need to surrender and trust and allow my thinking to be changed because my thinking has been tainted, don't misunderstand this, by church life, by my, what I've been taught, what I think I think, what I think I think I know. All those things have affected the way I think and now I don't think like the world because I think like a Christian. But even as I think like a Christian, I can get stuck in Dave's routine thinking I know what I need to do and I've got it, God. Thank you for showing me. Let's do this thing. And he's like, wait a minute. I want to change the way you think because I want you to know my good and pleasing and perfect will for you. Man. So I'm like, wait a minute. So my living surrender is living at the altar, on the altar, all in, whatever you want. So when God says my mercies are new every day, you mean you might do something new tomorrow? Yep. But God, like, I want you to do new things in my life, and I want you to change me. 
But I'm asking you to fit it in right between number five and number six on my reminder list. And don't take too long because I need to get those things done. And those are all for you. Remember that. Everything on my reminder list. Most of what's on my reminder list is for you. And some of it's just so I don't forget stuff I got to do. So fit it in. I surrender. That's awesome, isn't it? like man it's so good that his mercies are new every morning because I sure need them so I look at him like man God I'm wanting to change myself I want to be a new creation for you but it's the same thing you've always said give up surrender you have to step into the unknown not the known if I keep living in the known that's this box and I want to stay in my box of known even in my walk with God right I want this relationship because I am now comfortable with who he is in my life and what he's asking of me so I like this place because you and I are getting along really good I know you I'm doing stuff for you so we're good and he's like slide over buddy look down oh no 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 really we're really good now step over and I'm like Lord but I mean that's a big mountain and I'm getting old you know can't climb like I used to <laughs> alright so what does he tell us look you gotta change the way you think change the way you think so here's where everything starts to take place so in salvation my heart has changed I'm made new this is a little slower process So what's needing to happen is this needs to surrender to this. This is the Holy Spirit. This is Dave. Therein lies the conflict that happens in our Christian life. This continues to yell and talk and debate and all the other things that are going on with this. And God is saying, let go. Let go. Let go. Yep, that too. Yep. Yep. Let go. Let go. Focus. Stay with me right here so here we are I have to believe that God can change me that God can change me and all he's asking me to do is let him and so the thing is is like a lot of times I want him to change me I'm going to let him change me but the struggle I have is how I assist him (laughs) Like, I'm trying to do it. Like, and so that's why in my spiritual disciplines, I make sure they're all done because I'm like, Lord, I want to cover my bases so that I do everything you ask of me so that we can accomplish what you have planned. Hmm. So he's like, think about that, Dave, your commitment to change and your willingness to surrender to me because really you've painted yourself into the spiritual agreement with me where I'm you know, waiting for that step to take place within the context of my reminders in my calendar. So God's asking me for surrender. I need this to take root. God's way of thinking has to take root in who Dave is. So in that journey with God, as we have had those surrenders in our life, there's, there's more room for God to work up here. There should be because I've been walking and surrendering, which is giving God space, and I'm learning and growing, so now I'm beginning to think differently. I don't see the world the same, no way. But that doesn't mean I've arrived. It doesn't mean there's still not conflict within my mind. 
So as we look into the Word of God, and we're going to read some scriptures here that we've read multiple times again, and it's Philippians 4. Normally, I do 6 through 8, but today we're just going to read verse 8, <clears throat> okay? And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So remember when we were looking there in, in Romans 12 and he talks about this surrender and he's saying God wants to make it a new person by the way you think. And here we are told again in scripture saying like fix your mind and your heart and all, the, I'm sorry, your mind on these types of things. So the world is not bombarding you with those messages, is it? I mean, we're not gonna go out there today and everybody's like, woohoo, everything is awesome. It's so praiseworthy and excellent and we love each other and everything is going good and 2022 has the promise of the most amazing year of our history. None of that stuff is out there in the world. Them bombarding us and we're being bombed with all kinds of negative stuff, negative news, problems that are existing. We've been told for months that we're stepping into this financial crisis, Right? So that now that it's happening, we just have accepted it. It's like, yep, going downhill. Yeah, I'm going to keep paying more for my gas. I'm going to pay for more for my groceries. I'm going to have to do this and I'm going to have to do this. I told my wife a while ago, I mean, you know, they keep telling us this and then they're just doing it. <laughs> like where they're just programming us, man. Like this is going to happen. So get ready, get ready, get ready. There you go, pay it. And we're like, okay. Oh, doom and gloom, man. It sucks. Guess what? Things aren't going to be like they were. You're not going to have access to some of the stuff you used to have access to. So what? Where is our hope? Right? So the world just puts this mountain in front of us saying like, man, think, you think COVID was bad? You think all that stuff you went through is bad? We ain't done yet. We got problems ahead. It's going to be rough, man. And then in November, they're going to be like, hey, there's an election coming up. We can save ourselves. And give a false hope saying if we just change the party that's in charge, everything is going to get better. And all we got to do is look at our history and it's like, no, it doesn't work. Democrat, Republic, doesn't matter. You know, it goes like this. You know, like that's just the way it is. And all the way it's going down, right? Because that's the world. They're not surrendered to God. So come what may in the elections, whatever happens, great. I think you should vote. Don't, I'm not taking this lightly. I'm just saying it's not our hope. And nothing is going to change because of an election. It's not. Not the kind of change that we need. Not the kind of change that God wants. Just because we change a vote and we change a party and we change certain things about stuff, life hasn't changed. I'm still going to deal with the stuff I got to deal with. So what is it all about? God says, fix your thoughts on these things. Guess what? God's been doing something all along and he's still doing something. Do you know what? God's gonna still be doing something because God is always doing something. And so he says, like, fix your mind, fix your thoughts on the things that I'm all about. Praiseworthy, worthy, excellent things, things that are pure and true and admirable and all that. So like, stop thinking about the crap that's out there in the world. Start thinking about all that God has already done what God is in the midst of doing and what God has planned for the future. And guess what? God's future may not include you. <laughs> We're going to check out. Me and you. It's going to happen. I'm not making light of death. Please don't misunderstand me. Not at all. Death brings pain to us. We understand that. So when I say this, I'm not making light of it, but I'm just saying we're going to die. 
and 2022 may be our year. Okay, now what? <laughs> okay, so the truth of the matter is that I trust God. Or don't I? Do I trust Him even in death? Do I trust Him in all things? Do I know that God has me? So all I have to do with my human little brain right here that I actually stop and think with for a moment is look at statistics that say the average lifespan of a male in the United States today is 78 years. I know when my birthday is. I know how old I'm. When I did a study on this in school back a long time ago, when that line was way more farther out there than it is, I looked at that thing and then they were like, okay, so draw this circle. It's a track. That's 78 years. So put the line there. How old are you? Now put your line on that track where you would normally be and see how much you have left. Look at the verses where Paul says, run the race, man, finish it. What are you going to do about this last part of this race, right? So I can still vividly see my track and I remember where my line was. I am not drawing that track today. I just want you to know. <laughs> because on that track where it said, make that whole circle 78, put your line there where you are today. Now go to the finish line and back it up eight years. Because the truth of the matter in the United States is at this time, let's say 78 is this line. Back it up eight years. Let's just say I'm there. I, yeah, probably am. Uh, so we'll back that up eight years because they said the reality is that everyone by the time they're age 70 is having physical, mental, different kind of, some type of a problem and they're not themselves anymore nor can they ever be again and I was like wow that's awesome you know that's like depressing news let's just hey look where you are look what you got left today I, I want everyone in this room and everybody online to hear me you know you may look at that track and you may like say whoa I got a ways to go thank you Jesus that's awesome you don't nobody has a guarantee of tomorrow or anything but the truth of the matter is there's a definite finish line right and the truth of the matter is my body's given out and so whenever I cross that line wherever God has drawn that line and Dave comes to the end I want to be running full steam whatever that may be with a walker <laughs> I want to be spiritually busting my gut heading across that line so that I finish well okay so that's going to require me to change no matter where I am in my age process, no matter what's happening in my life, it's a lifetime of surrender, trust, and obedience to God, and I have to act in that obedience to where he's at. So God's doing something. He is, even in the last moment of life. God's doing something, and he's promised that even there, when I step out of this world into the next, his world, that he will be there. Isn't he awesome? So look, I, I want to back that up for a minute. What in the world are we doing negotiating and struggling with this surrender when we say we trust him for that one? Here it is. We're looking at this mountain and we think, oh, I can't handle that. And God's like, I can. Come here. <laughs> yeah, God, but, you know, I'm the one that's got to claim it. And he's like, no, you don't. I'm going to take you through. And I'm like, man, I feel weary, God. I don't, I don't want to really face that giant. <laughs> And God's inviting me to step in. So I want you to know that as we look in God's word, he's saying like, look, I'm doing something and I'm up to something. The next scripture that we read and I'm almost done. So 
Did you take me to my next verse? How about if I do this? Because I keep messing up that screen. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying. Good news, huh? I don't care how old you are. Your body's dying. From the moment you said hello to this world, you were dying. Okay, here it is. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. Man, isn't that awesome? The transformation that God does in us, that he is making us new all the time so I can be trans transformed by the power of God. And it's happening right here as I begin to see the fullness of who God is and what he says to me. <laughs> For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Okay, so this is God's word. Remember, this is God's word. This isn't human view. So let's say I'm over here and I'm looking at it and my, my current trouble, my problem, the thing that I need to surrender to say yes to, I'm looking at it and it looks like insurmountable. That's from Dave's perspective. Because see, I view things with my flesh first. My mind thinks you can't, you have no ability. All that's true. See, my brain's not lying to me. My brain's telling me the truth. Dave, you can't deal with that. You can't overcome that. You can't beat that. And this is why God says, fix your thoughts on what I'm saying. Not what your flesh says. Not what the world says. Not the way you used to deal with stuff. Look at me and let me deal with it. And God invites us to step in. And as soon as I start taking that step, it's amazing how that mountain begins to shrink. And when I'm on this side of that surrender to God and I look back, it's just like the Word of God says. Our current troubles are small and they don't last very long. You know how long your trouble is going to last? It's going to last as long as it takes you to say, yes, Lord. <laughs> you want to get over that mountain? Surrender. Otherwise, you're going to fight that thing for a while. Man, why you want to do that? Stupid, isn't it? We are so dumb sometimes. I won't tell you. I'll, I'll change that. I am so dumb sometimes, so I won't include you in that. It's so small and won't last very long, yet the, they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So when I say yes to God and I surrender, my whole mind is impacted because now I see that the whole thing I thought I saw was a mirage. And the enemy was painting a mountain in front of me that seemed insurmountable and was defeating to me. And now as I step into God and what he says to me and I look at it from God's perspective, it's like, wow. And now I've grown in my faith with God. I trust him more and my mind begins to be more disciplined to understand that this whole thing can, can try and deceive me. The voices of the enemy can try and come in and tell me stuff, but I know. I know God's good to his word. I know he'll do what he says. I know he will see me through and I know he will take me over the mountain. And I know when I get to the other side, it's not gonna be as big as I thought it was. Man, that's God's word. So we don't look at troubles. This is, I'm sorry, I'm reading the scriptures again. I need to differentiate, right? So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. The things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Isn't that awesome? So God's there, he told us in his word, he's like, look, you stop fixing your eyes on this. Fix your thoughts on me. Fix your thoughts on what is good, praiseworthy, excellent, all admirable and all that. Stop looking at the gloom and doom of this. Look at me. 
Pretty soon we're over there. We don't look like the world does. We don't listen to the world's garbage. We listen to what God says to us and things are different for us. That's why the world looks at us and says, you're different. We ought to be. We ought to be. (laughs) Okay. Let's see where we are and where we need to go. Let's go to Acts 16. Yeah, you can flip that up there, right? Okay, so here's Paul and Silas. I'm watching my clock, and they have it five minutes fast, so you're going to be out of here in plenty of time. So here you go. Paul and Silas are following what God has invited them to do. They're on their journey together. They're preaching Jesus everywhere they go. They go to the Philippi. They're preaching Jesus in that city, and things don't go well. And here's what the Word of God says to us. This is the, the acts of Paul right here and here he is with Silas preaching Jesus and it says a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods so this isn't normal for us in our culture we don't even understand that you know I got a belt whooping when I was a kid not abusive I needed more all right I'm just being straight up with you I understand that some people abuse people and stuff I was not abused but I was whooped and pride did me a lot of good Okay, but this isn't one of those. Paul and Silas are stripped, so their clothes are taken off. They take their wooden rods, and these are Roman soldiers because this is Roman rule, and they just beat them, just whack them, have at it. So it's like it could have been a branch, a stick, a rod, a walking stick, whatever. It doesn't matter. They're beaten with wooden rods, right? So they didn't have a Jewish law where it was was 39 stripes, you know, 40 minus 139. Uh, This is Roman rule. They didn't have any. If you look in history, you know that a lot of people were, they died from the beatings of the wooden sticks. They just beat them till they died. So I'm telling you that this wasn't just a, a whooping. This was an abusive overforce of power to make these guys submit and stop what they were doing. So this is what goes on then. They were severely beaten and then they were thrown into prison. So not only are they stripped and beaten in the public, Now they're taken and put in prison. This is what God's word tells us then. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. So you've seen pictures of stocks, right? So they're clamped in, they're chained down, their clothes were stripped off them, so they were beaten from head to toe with these wooden sticks. Now you know they have to be seated if their feet are in stocks and they're chained, so their body's hurting, they're aching from their beating they've taken. Now they're in the innermost dungeon, which is the worst of any prison you could possibly be in, and they're in stocks. All because they preach Jesus. So just pause here for a second. Maybe you should stop whining about your problems. Yeah. Stop complaining to God about what he should or shouldn't be doing for you. And just pause here for a second. Just take into consideration being right there with Paul and Silas. Okay, so the word of God says that around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. I know you've heard this before and you've read it. I know that. But I want us to hear this and think about it in the context of our scriptures and what God's asking us to do. So a lot of Christians, if we were take our life situations and put them into the place of Paul and Silas where we feel like we're being neglected and God's deserting us, I think they had the human right. I'm not saying they had the right. I'm saying, follow me. Their brain would say, "Uh, hello. (laughs) Look where I am. I'm doing this for you, remember? 
This isn't the way this is supposed to work. I'm surrendered. I'm all in. Where's your response to my sacrifice? Why am I in this situation? And some of us modern Christians be like, I'm telling you what, you need to change my situation. You need to fix these problems. And we're telling God off and yelling at him, telling him what he ought to be doing because he's God. Now, that's the human brain like going into this conversation of faith with the heart and with God. Now let's go to Paul and Silas and their walk with God. Here they are, and they made a decision. Church, they made a decision. They made a choice. They fixed their thoughts on the God they served, not on their circumstances, not on their current situation. They began to praise God and sing. God, forgive me. Like, I don't know what you're going through. I'm not saying it's not hard. I don't know if it was that hard. But even if it's that hard, like what they were going through, look at what they did. They fixed their minds and their hearts together on the God they served, and they did not allow their current circumstance to affect who they served and how they served him. That's called surrender. That's called trust. That's called obedience. It's what it is. And so now as I look at that, and we know, we know the rest of the story, right? We already know that the place shook, and God shook that free and set them free. The other prisoners were listening. I want you to know how God was there. Because when the prison walls collapsed, all those prisoners were set free. And anybody in the world's perspective would be like hightailing it out of there. The word of God says none of them left. Now, if it would have happened without the praise and singing, they would have left. But you see, because Paul and Silas made the decision that God, I will praise you, I will trust you, I am all in, and they celebrated that fact and they didn't care who heard them, God was able to impact everyone around them and it would have never impacted their lives or the jailer's life if they didn't fix their thoughts on him if they didn't surrender and trust him if they did not act in full obedience that we're all in god doesn't matter what the circumstance i feel like crap i don't care i'm all in i'm all yours i praise you today you follow me church this is what we're talking about here god's saying like i am good for who i am you can trust me that does not mean everything is going to be fun all the time. But it means we can trust him. So they chose to respond in faith rather than in flesh. So we have a little thing going on right now, and we can choose to respond in faith or flesh. It's up to us, right? It is. Do you trust him? You're looking at that mountain right now. It may have a name. It may have a face. And you're looking at that mountain. God's like, come on. It may have a price tag. I don't know what it is. God does. And he's saying, do you trust me? Will you trust me? Look, all you got to do right now is stop for a moment. Listen to the spirit in your heart. Look back and look at all God has done. Is not God good to his word? He is. So you look back and it's true. Just like God's word says, it's like you look back and I was like, Wow, I can hardly even remember why I was so stressed out about that. I remember being obsessive about that. And now that I'm over here, I'm like, that's nothing, man. Look at this thing. 
<laughs> right? I want you to know that this thing is going to look just like that when you let go. That's who God is. He's amazing. So let's do it, okay? We're called to surrender. We're called to trust. We're called to obedience. So what is it that God's saying to you right now? See, God's the one that does this, right? He's the one that makes a way for us. So I'm skipping verses, letting you get out of here. So let's go to the action steps real fast. If you don't mind flinging them up there for me, I'm done chasing myself. Here's number one. Have you surrendered to his leading? And his leading you through your current situation. Everybody in this room, you're in this box and you're facing something. And the enemy's yakking at you that, hey, I'm not sure if you did the right thing back there. I'm not sure if you heard right. I don't know if you know what you're doing. You know, all that kind of garbage. Do you know what it, God, you know. Because when you knew you knew, you knew. That doubt that keeps trying to flood your mind is the devil and God's good to his word. And he's saying, yeah, I'm the one that said it. Come on. Do you trust him? Have you surrendered to it? Are you fully surrendered to your current situation? Here's the altar. I'm inviting you. Do you trust God through the upcoming challenges of this new year? Do you? Like, I don't know what's coming. You don't know what's coming, but something's coming. And I can tell you, not all of it's going to be good. Some of it's going to suck really bad. It is, but God's good. We need to set ourselves on full obedience and trusting so that even if we're in prison, having been beaten with rods, feet, and stocks, that we're still praising God. And if 2022 holds that and God led us there, so be it. His grace will be there for you. I want you to know that God's grace will be there for you right there, right then. Not today. Then. Do you trust him? That's the hard part for us. We're still debating. Let go. Okay. Are you living in obedience to your current situation? Are you fully all in there? You know, you're in obedience. Surrender, trust, obedience. Let's just do it. Your altar's open. The people are coming. Come on, stand up with me. We're dismissing. Here it is. If God's calling you, please move. Don't go home and talk about it. You're not going to. You're not going to deal with it at home. You're not. God's talking now. And I'm telling you, today's the day he's called you to that line. Right now, this moment, step in. Come on. I believe somebody's holding back right now and God's saying come now I don't do this you know I don't <laughs> but I'm calling because God's calling and he's saying this is the moment of truth you need to step in and thank you guys for doing it Father in the name of Jesus <laughs> there is no other name we fix our thoughts on you right now God only you not our flesh not our reasoning not what the world says, not what we used to think, God, on you. And we surrender. We trust you fully. We'll be obedient. It doesn't matter what that mountain looks like, that giant looks like, how loud that giant yells at us. God, we know you're bigger. And so, God, we trust you today as we surrender. We lay it all, a living sacrifice right here on the altar, God. We're yours. We're crossing that line. All in. All for your glory, God. For it is in Jesus' name we pray these things. Thank you, God. Please, those of you at the altar, I, I don't want to just say amen so everybody just gets up and leaves. Whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is that God's asking you to say yes to, please don't get up till you say yes. But you don't have to hang there. You don't have to debate with them. Just tell them yes. Surrender, would you? Right now? Yes, God, I'm all in. 
Here it is. Lay it down and leave it here and trust him. Fix your thoughts on him. Begin to praise him for all that he is doing, all that he has done, all that God will do. And the breath we have left, God, we will praise you. <laughs> In every way, God, we praise you. Thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be together, God. If you spare us and we're able to get together next Sunday, God, may we be that much further in our journey with you in transformation and change. We love you. It is in your name we ask these things. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.